and welcome to Gifts of the Weird. With me again is author Hunavortis Hos to talk about his book, Secrets of the Mist Witches. Hus lives in Germany and may also be, and you may also be familiar with his other works under his pen name of Gardenstone. His books are mostly about the religious practices of the Germanic peoples, and he has books available in German, Dutch, and English. Hus, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to have you here and Great to be talking about this book, which we've been waiting for for since you announced it. I think last year, 2021, you announced. Um, so it's very exciting. That's right. <laughs> so let's refresh our listeners about who you are and uh, why you write these kinds of books. Um, so tell us where you're from and how long you've been with Asatru, which is also known as Heathenry, to American listeners. Okay. There are two questions. First, the where are you from? Well, I was born in the Dutch city of Groningen. Was raised up in the north of the Netherlands and worked there for several decades as a teacher. In the early 19th of the past century, I moved to Germany and still live there in the beautiful Towers Hills. Then, second, how long has that true? Well, I cannot really remember when my interest in Germanic deities became more serious. I guess it may have been started a handful of decades back. In the first of those decades, the term Asatru was unknown to me. Actually, in its literal meaning, it even does not really fit to me because I am focused on deities of the European mainland and less on the north ones. That's it. That's a good distinction to make about um, Asatru and the, the northern Germanic deities that uh, you're working with. How long you've been writing books? <laughs> My first one was in the 70s. It was a small and free history book for the school where I worked at that time. It was about local history from the Middle Ages onwards. I wrote it because such a book did not exist and I used it in my teachings. That was the aim of making it. But writing books more seriously started in the mid-90s. Excellent. And what got you interested in writing books about the Germanic deities and gods? Ooh, um, first... As a short sidestep, when introducing myself somewhere, I do not call myself as a true. I say I'm a heathen or I'm a pagan. The term okay. as a true can be interpreted in a wider sense as true to the Germanic gods and goddesses, but because many restrict it to the North deities, I mostly avoid the term because I do not want to get in discussion about it again. That happens too often. Then to your question, and I interpret it in a somewhat broader sense, one of the most important reasons was that I was confronted with statements of lay people that were supposed to be historical, but were not. Many of it came from fantasy books. Others were airy interpretation, interpretations from 18th and 19th century authors, 
of which most of them are outdated for many decades already. Historians know that. Quite a few lay people still stick to those outdated views, often because they don't have newer sources available. And the same is valid to mythology. So I picked up some of those topics, started researching them using the latest scientific sources I could lay my hands on, and tried to write for lay people. That's it. What has been a favorite topic for you to research and write about, and why? Ooh, um, from a researcher and an author's point of view, each topic I was researching and writing about was a favorite at that moment. But <laughs> when I add my personal view, opinion, then my favorite is Goddess Holler simply because I felt and feel myself close to her. Yeah, uh, I think that became evident to me, or, <laughs> or I can see that when we visited uh, the Holotype uh, a few years ago together with some other friends. Uh, that was a very wonderful experience. Yeah, it was great at the time to meet you and all the others there. Yeah, and you told some great stories there, so that was th that makes a very special memory for me, and I have a very special feeling about that space as well. So mm -hmm. thanks for sharing that. <laughs> so let's go on to talk about um, the secrets of the mist witches. This is a really uh, I've read through the books and the, all of the stories, and man, what a very interesting amount of information you brought forth, not only from the mistwitches in Germany, but uh, other similar types of beings around the world. I found that very interesting. Why did you decide to make a book uh, about the mistwitches? Oh, the topic was for a long time on my to-do list. On that list, I have only topics of my personal interest. I do not write books or articles on topics of which I not am not interested in. I decided to make it a book after my research gave me enough material for it. It was not a specific date. It grew while researching. Mm -hmm. And you had an earlier edition uh, in the early 2000s. So this is updated with new information as well and new stories. Yes? Right. right. The first book was a very small book, mostly um, retold uh, folk tales. And um, over the years, I got so, bad, so much new material um, that that was reason enough to not simply edit the old book, but make a really new one. Well, that sounds great. That sounds like a lot of, a lot of extra work, but it sounds like it was fun as well. Uh, so for those of um, who are not who are listening to the first time uh, about and hearing about mist witches uh, and about the book, can you tell us a little bit about what mist witches are? Uh, actually, I don't want to tell much about about it. Well, um, because I do not want to reveal much about the content of the book, so I keep this answer very short. Mist witches, natural creatures of mist. That's it. The rest is in the book. Okay. <laughs> Keep the mystery alive. <laughs> I like that. That's right. Uh, so it's it's interesting reading the stories. You have so many from the north of the Netherlands, 
uh, the northeast and the western part of Germany there. Does it seem like that, um, why are there so many stories from that area, or is that just the area that you focus mostly about? Well, it's simply because in the Middle Ages and some subsequent centuries, mismatches were part of the daily country life of the common people there, from small farms and their workers and villagers especially in some borderlands between Germany and the Netherlands, possibly because of lots of moory landscapes, which causes lots of mist. Most mm. parts of that kind of landscapes do not exist anymore there. People changed them to lands where houses can be built, and that happened on many places. But in the time the mist wishes belonged to the daily life of the people there, there were very much more landscape there. Ah, that makes sense. I understand. Uh, how did you find so many stories uh, in your research? I'm just amazed at how many there are, and how can you find so many of them? Well, already for some centuries, many folk tales and opinions about mist witches appear in Dutch literature. And I owe many of those books, gathered them over the years. I also visited some related places where, which even increased my interest. Oh, in fact, I lived for many years in a village of which also Miss Bitches stories were told. Because I come from the north of the Netherlands, from the eastern part of the province of Groningen, near to the German border. When you visited some of those local places, did you find that people still talk about the mist witches? Hardly, hardly. Mm. It is. It, it's. Um, it has become a lore, lore mm -hmm. for nothing more than lore for most people when talking to them. Yeah, that makes sense. I found that one of your references is a guide from 1889 talking about uh, the region. I found that quite interesting that you found this tiny little guide from so long ago. How did that happen? Did you just find it in a library or a church or something? Uh, that, that's just a little technical aspect that fascinates me. Yeah. <laughs> in general, it works like this. I read a book on the topic and look in its literature overview. Then I try to verify what I read by laying my hands on sources listed in that overview. After reading such a source, I check again that literature overview, and so on. And that way I jump farther back in time, until I come to the oldest work available. Such a research is made easy today, because many old books have been digitized. Some mm -hmm. universities in the USA did a great job in this field. But I have also access to the library of the Frankfurt University in Canberra or read there almost all sources I need for a project. Okay. Well, that's a lot of work, but I think you find some very interesting things that way. Yes. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What, did you find it very difficult to find references to 
missed witch beings and other cultures because you share some from around the whole world and i found that was interesting to show a, a worldwide connection to the similar beings was that difficult mm, not really through for the many years i did and do research for the topics of my books i've got a little bit experienced in finding sources of many kinds not only technically but also my intuition on that grew. It may sometimes take me a week or a month or longer, but in most cases I find what I'm searching for. Lots of information I met is stored meanwhile at several hard drives here, much more than I was actually looking for. I've quite a huge digital library meanwhile. Yeah, I'm sure, not sure yet. Research needs time. And I only work on a project if I like to do that. Sometimes weeks or longer pass by before I am in the mood again to work on with a project. You know, I do not need to do that for all for a living. It's my way of activity to keep me away from hanging around in pubs. Anyway, <laughs> in, this context, in this context, it needed about a year getting enough information on mistreatious from different cultures that's <laughs> i love that <laughs> why do you think people uh, should know about the miscreatures now um, wh why did you think it was valuable to bring these stories out and uh, to give you an honest answer i do not have a clear opinion about that i researched okay. about it because i myself had a big big interest in the topic Writing a book, then, is my way of finishing a project and turning to another one. But, but of course, I would li really like it when others also get interested. To me, <laughs> it is simply fascinating. I hope the book will spread that fascination. Well, I'm very fascinated by it, for Thanks. sure. And when I saw your announcement to it uh, uh, last year, I got very excited. I couldn't wait. As you know, I emailed you often, I think. <laughs> And great, and mostly because um, I'm interested because of my connection to the Netherlands, of my heritage there. I just wanted to know stories from that area about these things. So that's what made it very interesting to me. Do you think that uh, some of the mist witches hang around uh, people today, or do you think they maybe stay in their mounds a little more? I'm convinced they do, but it needs an open mind to recognize them. Perhaps also a little bit of knowledge. The book mm -hmm. may encourage both, but actually in almost all cases, they may not show themselves deliberately to people, but, but people can see them dancing or simply passing by if they are, mm -hmm. are, are alert to it. Yes, yeah, or show up maybe in a photograph uh, sometimes, as I think they do. Mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned earlier about the mist being more around because of the landscape, and now we have changed the landscape for houses and um, roadways and buildings. Do you think that the mist, which is, it's harder for them? Is it like animals when we take away their landscape, they go somewhere else, or do they just find other ways to be around uh, those areas? Oh, well... Mr. Witches may be at home today in and around marshlands, 
woodlands, moray landscapes, silent places of many kind where just few people live. Okay, that makes sense. They are. Yeah. One thing that I wonder, we often hear about like our house, housewits, uh, the spirits that maybe are a part of a family or something. And sometimes people think that certain little spirits might travel or go to other places. Do mist witches, do you think, might they go along with somebody if they move away or are they pretty much staying in the area where their marsh is or their mountain or something? In my opinion, and I only can give my opinion, they are unlike many birds and other animals who live near humans and benefit from association with them. Mist witches are not dependent on humans. If humans are near, there can be some interaction, but humans are not necessary for them. They may choose their dwellings where they want to live, in Europe, in the USA, or elsewhere, but not because of humans, but because of a place they like. Well, yeah, uh, that makes sense. So that brings me to a little bit, and we won't have to talk too much because we want them to read about it in the book, of course, that the nature of mist witches seem to be very, from one side, kind of nice and kind to the other way of being not so nice, uh, maybe kidnapping young women or trespassers, farmers, or even naughty boys who like to throw stones or make fun. Um, <laughs> so it seems like they may or may not be very fond of human beings uh, based on what, what some of these stories are. Mm, first, you know, those stories are people's stories. Yeah. Uh, but not disturbing them, being polite, friendly and respectful towards them, not only on the outside, but also in your heart, may be a good way to not be harmed by mist witches and, in high distress, getting their help. Putting down small presents of food now and then may be a good way to keep them friendly towards you. Yeah, that makes sense to me, definitely. Uh, Hus, you have a lot of beautiful artwork in the book, uh, and I'm so thrilled that I have a, a copy where it's all in color. Were many of the pieces created specifically for your book, or did you find these all and were able to collect them for the book? Well, the cover was made on my behalf and according to my wishes for the book. Um, some illustrations came from other works about Mist Witches, of which the copyright is lapsed. For others, I bought licenses from sites who offer pictures, such as deposit photos and deviant art. And of a few others, I mm -hmm. asked, asked and got permission from the owners to add their pictures. And I did myself a lot of artwork using appropriate software at my PC. Yeah, I found that the artwork was very much a nice part of the book to help uh, bring some images and, and imagery, as well as the maps, of course, that you included. I loved it. I loved all of the artwork. Yes, it's, it's, uh, it's that's essential for the book. Yeah, I think so. And I also liked when you had some of the uh, the products that people made, uh, like the Vitaviven Kass and <laughs> the beer and so. So that was, that was 
is an interesting part of it as well. Plus, you also include a couple of recipes that I'm going to try. In, in that area, it is still it's, it's still a living subject. Yeah, yeah, which is nice to see that. So I have a a, a question about um, one of the stories in the boulder of the Tonkinberg. There is a goddess mentioned named Tanfana, and you had a little bit in your uh, your uh, Gods of the Germanic Peoples book that I read that was interesting. What did you find out about Tanfana, and is that someone that we have any knowledge about? Well, um, the goddess Tanfana is mentioned only in just one source from classical antiquity. And relying upon mm -hmm. that work, the goddess was mentioned in connection with the small Germanic tribe of the Marzi, who lived some more to the east of that Tankerberg hill you mentioned. But we know so very little about the situation of the people there in the first centuries, and that invites us really to interpret and even to guess. And one guess is that the goddess Tenfana may have been venerated within a more wider area than just the territory of the Marzi people, and that Tankerberg Hill could really have been inside that area of worship. That's it. Yeah, I find it just very interesting when we see references like this, and then we have nothing more about them. So it's it's interesting, um, and hopefully we can still make some some gifts to her, maybe, and just say hello. <laughs> <laughs> you can. Well, um, is there anything else about the secrets of the mist witches you would like to share specifically about this book? Mm, I, I I think. We had most of it. Um, it it's yeah. time for, for, okay. for it's time for your listeners uh, now to read the book to get more uh, to learn more about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, well, I do have one, one more small little question, and this doesn't reveal much. Uh, when you were reading through all of these stories, and you know, I know there's a lot, so maybe you don't know the exact one. Did any of them stand out as maybe a favorite style or type of story that you read? Mm. Not really, not really one, not really one. But altogether, uh, they inspired inspired me to write myself also two stories. And though the two stories I wrote myself um, are also part of the book in the beginning one and one in the end. Oh, great. Yeah, they. Uh, thanks for that, too. Those are interesting stories, and I'm not going to talk about them because we want people to read them in the book. <laughs> and I will say the, that I had a lot of uh, stories that stood, stood out to me that I found interesting. Yeah, anyone will find something of personal taste there. I think so. <laughs> There's a variety of stories there. So thanks, thanks again for bringing the secrets of the mist, which is the bit of even. Um, it was a really interesting book. I really am interested, and it's something I can go back and read over and over again. The stories, so that's also pretty cool. So let's talk about some of your other projects that you're that you have in place and that you're working on. Um, your two-volume work, uh, Gods of the Germanic Peoples, is discontinued. Um, why is that? And uh, I tell you, I'm glad I have my copies. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, 
the, the, the mixing of, of historical and mythological information with short fictional stories and drawing art did simply not work. In addition, together were the two books too expensive for most people. So I decided to withdraw the work from the catalogs and terminated the contract with the publisher. At this moment, I have just four or five sets of them in stock. And now and then I sell them. I think within some months, they are all gone. But there must be but always. Uh, yes. <laughs> I used the core of that work, the information about the deities, for a new book, a lexicon. First, that material was edited. Several new insights were added or caused changes, and a few more deities were added that were not in the other books. A German edition of that lexicon is already published. The English edition is in the layout stage, and then means only the final edition, um, edition for, uh, for before publication. The title of that book is Illustrated Lexicon of Germanic Deities, and contains in alphabetical order information about 290 gods and goddesses, including photos or artifacts such as photo stones. I think it could become available this autumn. My wife, Hannah-Laura, is doing the layout, but in summer, with a lot of gardening work, that kind of PC activity goes much slower than in winter. That will be very exciting to have that out and available, as well as the gods of the Germanic peoples, which I, I turn to regularly to look at. So that's very cool. All right. Well, we'll look forward to those to that being announced when it's ready to be available in English for uh, those who need it in English. But it's already in German, which is great. And uh, I'll post about that, too, for sure. Excellent. We're sure we'll read it when I announce it. Yes, absolutely. You're a few weeks away from publishing a new book in German about the Ting. Can you uh, explain a little bit about that? We call that a teaser. And uh, will it be available in English? Mm, that will be a somewhat longer answer. First, about the book. Many people who have read about the Vikings from Iceland and Norway will also have read about their people's assembly and court sessions, which, which they called Ting. And just as a side note, this is just very marginally a heathen or pagan topic, as almost all we know about Ting comes from the Christian Middle Ages. Anyway, um, throughout the High and Late Middle Ages, and some centuries after that period, Tings were held in several European countries. In almost all cases, it concerned open-air court cases and less public moods. In Germany and some other countries, many such places still exist, Ting places. Often, they are associated with linden trees under which such Tings were held. The new book deals with that, describes and tells about such events or places 
in the Scandinavian countries, in Scotland, Ireland, England, Belgium, the Netherlands, Austria, and Germany. In fact, a strong emphasis of the book lies on Germany. And very many photographs in color of those two places are part of the book. National parliaments of some countries still have, have the word team in it. Then about publication, I, I do not have plans yet to also make an English edition. I did some rudimentary market inquiry and it did not look good enough. Mm -hmm. It would take me more than a year of work and it would cause additional costs. It would need at least several hundred sold copies to get my expenses back. And yeah. I do not expect enough sellings. In fact, I also do not expect much sellings either of the German book because of the 224 full-color pictures, the book is not cheap. It will cost about 40 euros, that is about 42 US dollars. But personally, there is a difference here. Researching and writing about the team was really thrilling to me. All the time working on it, I did not care the slightest shit of commercial result. From that point of view, I also could make an English edition. But here comes the difference. It would be no longer researching and writing about team and team places, but for almost 100% just translating, which is, after some months, really boring. And in that <laughs> case, I do have monetary thoughts. I would not expect real earnings of an English edition. But getting back the costs I would have would be an essential condition, which I do not see that coming true. That's it. Yeah, well, it sounds like a very important historical collection of information for it those is. who are interested. And uh, I hope it will see some good success for you. So let's talk about your latest project called the Saxon Mirror. Can you tell us more about that? <laughs> that topic was on my to-do list for a very, very long time. I think over 10 years or even some more. But due to a low priority, it was not realized until these days. The reason I put it on my list was some misinformation. I read some more around 2010 in the internet, both in German and in English, about it and thought I could put that in to correct daylight. The name Saxon Mirror is a literal translation of the original German name Saxonspiegel. Most <laughs> English texts about it use indeed that German name. Anyway, I did some research and wrote a small ebook about it in English, German and Dutch. It is about a law book which was written in the first decades of the 13th century. It is a written representation of the customary law in force in the area that was, in the author's view, inhabited by Saxons. Well, there's a lot more to tell about it, but uh, just read the ebook. It is small, not even 50 pages, and it's free. Actually, I made it free because I wanted to point people also to some of my other books. I still have myself in stock here. So there are also a few advertisements in that ebook. The contents is ready. 
and I have already also made PDF files of it in those three languages, but I'm really struggling at this very moment to also make it in EPUB files. It's not easy to get that right. At the moment, I'm at a loss with that. But I will announce it these days with read and download links on my website, Bodhikas Bart, at my Facebook profile, at Twitter, and at Mastodon. And then anyone can get it. Excellent. Well, thanks for uh, telling us about your projects and uh, about uh, to talk a little bit about the secrets of the mist switches with us so that we can uh, get a little excitement uh, in the airwaves about it. And thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me to that. Thank you for listening. Please have a look at the show notes for links and, well, notes. Podcast is available from Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and other podcast catchers. Feedback and reviews are greatly appreciated. Please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at, at @weirdgifts1 and on Facebook at, at @giftsoftheweird and email me at giftsoftheweird.com. Thanks and have a great day.